Hello everyone, Chris Hagaseth here. As always, I don't know why I keep introducing myself to you, but I guess maybe, I don't know, it's just what I do. I have a very special guest today, and it's a name that many of you will be familiar with, Robert Rogers. Robert came into my consciousness about three years ago when I was at a conference in Denver, and I was talking to people about how well I was doing with my illness and how I was not taking medications, and two separate people said, well, you, have you listened to Robert Rogers? And I didn't know he was, and they explained, and I went home and did, and oh my God. I found out this guy has been on deck and in the batter's box for the last umpteen years. And he's disseminating a message that there are alternative health strategies that are highly effective in Parkinson's. And he, he's been a little bit like a voice crying out in the wilderness. And uh, I've been a guest for him with him on uh, old, about three occasions. And I get a lot of uh, interesting inf feedback from the various people who are uh, hearing those calls. So I decided it was time to, for me to interview Robert instead of him interview me. I wanted you all to meet a guy who is really doing a service for all of us who are willing to face our PD and not put the crutch of medications in place. So Robert, I uh, have told everybody good things about you and I think it's far time to you tell us about yourself. You have the open mic, just talk about you and what you believe and what you do. Thank you, Chris. I was a former professor at the University of Kentucky and before that the University of Texas at Austin. I came to the conclusion in 2003 that although I had published lots and lots of academic articles in very prestigious academic journals that no one really pretty much knows about in the real world, that I really wasn't making much of a contribution to anyone. My other big event in my life that created a huge transformation was that my wife of 27 years, Nanette, died unexpectedly in 1999. So I decided to quit my position and move to Washington State in Olympia and found an organization that I called Parkinson's Recovery. I decided to focus my research program and do what I really did not ever do as an academic, which is intensive case study research. As an academic, I had many publications, but they were all filled with very, very complex statistics, and I was crunching very large data sets. It's how professors get tenure, and so that was the path that I followed. But I found myself telling my PhD students over and over that the way to learn something really was through case study research. And this means interviewing real people who have something to say about their own personal experience. So I decided I needed to be true to what I said and decided to start doing case study research. So I abandoned my quantitative efforts and 2007 started Parkinson's Recovery Radio, where I began interviewing person after person who was either a health care expert on Parkinson's or better yet, an individual who currently experiences the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. 
My One of my first interviewees was Dr. John Coleman, who had a very advanced stage of Parkinson's in the late 1990s. John is a remarkable individual in that he just said, I'm going to figure out a way to reverse these symptoms. Worked and worked, and after about three and a half years, was symptom-free. John was the first person I discovered who had been successful and had found ways to reclaim his life. I then began to search and ask the question, are there others who have also been successful? And to my great pride, uh, I have now been able to find over 70 individuals who have not only been successful in one way or another in being able to reverse the symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, but who have uh, been willing to be guests on my radio show. I actually talked to a great number of other individuals who succeeded, but they really don't want to be guests on the show. All of those shows, I decided I would pay to archive and be available for replay for individuals. I do know that there are many individuals who will tell me that one of the most, if not the most helpful resource to them has been listening to some of these radio show interviews with individuals like you, Chris Hagaseth, who talk about your amazing decisions of what you're going to do to be able to figure out what's causing your symptoms and what steps you can take to reverse those symptoms. So my emphasis, my focus as a researcher really has been to open up the door and the vision to absolutely any possibility that offers the opportunity for an individual to get well from these neurological challenges. So I don't screen out any possibility. When I hear somebody who's doing some sort of a natural approach that has succeeded in many of these interviews, I'll talk to the practitioner and also there'll be a guest who has Parkinson's who reports that that particular natural therapy or approach helped them. As I've discovered now, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of natural therapies that we've identified that are making a huge difference to individuals out there who are currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. The underlying mission that I established in 2004 and that I continue to chase after is to spread the good word to individuals that Parkinson's is a condition that has troubling symptoms but that there are many, many natural options that are available to reverse those symptoms. Parkinson's is not, I repeat, not a degenerative condition. There are ways to identify the cause, and once you know something about the cause, actually do something about it. And Chris, you are one of those pioneers of recovery who have done just that, so I thank you for being a guest on my show and being such a wonderful presence to so many others who are looking for guidance and mentoring for what they can do to get well. Well, bless your heart. Thank you so much, Robert. Um, a natural tendency for me when I'm doing interviews is to start talking about myself, and I'm going to keep focused on you. I want you to tell the story of the last 10 years what has developed? What, it, what have been the, 
moments of celebration, and what have been the difficulties that you've encountered over the last 10 years as you do your best to spread this information out? The moments of celebration have been that initially I really believed that I would be able to identify one, two, maybe three therapies that would succeed for many, many individuals, a vast majority of people. And then I would put out information, perhaps in a book, perhaps in a course, and I would basically say, okay, here's the steps that you can take, everyone can take, that would really allow you to be able to heal. What I discovered is, first of all, disappointing news. I discovered that, well, it's not quite as simple as that because there are so, so many causes of these symptoms. But the exciting part of it is the more I began to look at these natural options, I discovered that all of them help to a certain extent. It really depends on the individual. I initially was planning to do what's called a meta-analysis of each of these natural therapies to determine the extent to which we could actually prove that they helped. When I got into the actual research, what I discovered is, my goodness, if you look at the average result of any of these wonderful therapies, and I could name dozens and dozens like Tai Chi or Qi Gong or exercise of one form or another, what we discover is that on average, they all make a difference. The key, though, is for a person to really realize, well, what is up with them? What do they gravitate to? What is their passion? What can they do? What can they not do? And what's causing their symptoms? So the exciting discovery for me was, no, no, it's not as simple as putting out a little book to say, here's what you do for everyone. That may work for some beautifully, but not for everyone. It's actually much more complicated than that. And as a researcher, that's exciting because it means I can stick with this research program for a long, long time. I suppose the frustrating part of the last decade has been to really be financially viable. It's been a struggle. Uh, I've had to subsidize all of the costs now for 10 years and continue to do so. I decided that what I would do is to create a system where if somebody paid anything to Parkinson's recovery, they would receive something in back. So they would get information, they would get a course, they would get a CD, they would get a video, they would get a book, whatever. So they give a little money and then they receive value back. So there's an exchange. And while in theory that I think is something that I still strongly believe in, it's still very difficult to fund all of the expenses for Parkinson's recovery, which were really quite extensive. The radio show expenses themselves uh, cost $3,000 a year. So I do uh, find it's a struggle and continues to be so to be able to fund all of this. But on the other hand, it is an honor and a pleasure to be able to do so. Great. Uh, have you found resistance among some people with Parkinson's saying that uh, you're incorrect or you're giving false hope or anything like that? Yes, there is a lot of that out there. And that's why I documented all of these stories of recovery, because when somebody says, but I've been told uh, from authorities that this is degenerative, there is no hope, you're giving me false hope. I can then, with great confidence, say, start listening to some of these interviews and you will change your mind. I also have discovered that there is a pretty strong tension in some families between the family members and the person who has Parkinson's. 
I'll talk with the person who has Parkinson's and they are determined to get well and they will do anything to make that happen. So they're searching for therapies, for solutions. They're looking outside the box. Their family members, however, are focused on the medical solutions. Nothing wrong with any of those, of course, but they are configured to suppress the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, to suppress them. So the family members are, do not want to support that person's effort to look outside the box. And that can create a lot of tension in some families in that the person that has the problem is not being supported by their family. I've seen that many times. I just interviewed a young man, a young man, he's only 60, in uh, New Mexico two days ago. And his wife was a peach, I tell you. Anybody with a wife so supportive as that is going to do well no matter what. In fact, uh, he was diabetic, and between diet and exercise, he got off all of his uh, diabetic drugs. He's not diabetic anymore, which shows that it works. So uh, how about the traditional medical establishment, and how have they responded to you? Well, not well at all. Uh, there are a few medical professionals that will uh, suggest to their clients, their patients, uh, to check out all of the free resources that we provide. But they are very much in a minority. Uh, I think uh, the medical professionals are out there to provide a means to suppress the symptoms. So they have their medicines and they have their surgeries. And my approach, of course, is to honor that because there are many people who want just that. All they really want to do is to feel better immediately. And so I'm glad those options are available. My option is very different. It's to say, well, how about let's look at healing from the inside out. And so that's looking at all of the factors that are influencing the symptoms, including the feelings, the thoughts, the emotional experiences, the traumas, as well as the physical kind of challenges. So it's just a very, very different approach. I just consider the medical establishment as an option among many, many, many other options. For people who choose that option, I honor that. And I think for some people, it saves their life. So I'm glad that that option is available and that people have that choice. The difficulty with the option is when starting to take medications, they can work beautifully for some people in the short run and literally allow them to get their lives back. But in the long run, they have to take more and more medication. There are more toxic residues of the medications. The body gets more and more challenged. And so it can be in the long run, a choice that winds up being much more problematic for the individual. So for many people, they've started the medications, they've worked for a while, which is wonderful, but then they're looking for other options because they're having to increase their dose. And so that's basically one of the kinds of benefits that I have to offer, which is to say, here are these many, many, many different opportunities for you to consider for what you can do to heal your body from the inside out. You speak so well. That is such a clear evaluation and it's refreshing also that it doesn't involve bashing the medical establishment which a great number of people do because I think it's important to understand they have very good intentions and they have many scientific uh, studies to back them up but 
the the issue is is that there are uh, alternatives, and uh, I run into this all the time. Somebody who's had Parkinson's for six seven years. They're maxing out on their medications. They're getting dystonia and dyskinesias, and they're doing this and that. And they say, oh, I wish I'd never started the medicine in the first place. And that is a very difficult spot because it's pretty hard when you've been on medication for five or six years to ever go off. Now, John Pepper is an ex a, a, a example of somebody who succeeded, but uh, it's hard. Well, Robert, let's imagine that you're a younger man. Let's say you're 60 and that uh, you have found that your hand is beginning to tremble. You notice that the tremor is exactly like Parkinson's. You see a neurologist who confirms you have Parkinson's. What will you, Robert, do for yourself when you have Parkinson's? Knowing what I know today, I would pursue a very different path. I would basically ask myself the question, what is my body telling me right now? What is it that I have to learn from this? Life is a journey. This is a part of my journey. So what's up? What I would discover when I began to ask that question is that there is some traumas that underlie the neurological challenges that I have. I'm probably very, very stressed in the work that I'm doing and the life that I'm living, and that needs to be addressed. And underneath the stress lies this trauma that is glued at the cellular level. I would then, instead of pursuing the medications or the supplements that are configured to facilitate the production of dopamine in the body, I would begin to pursue getting some healing support from body workers, from perhaps mental health counselors, from individuals that know how to release these embedded traumas. What I discovered in actually doing that work myself over the last 10 years is that releasing the traumas isn't a mental challenge. And it's a very difficult kind of a task to undertake for those of us who are mental. We want to be able to think it out. But unfortunately, the glue doesn't respond to thoughts. So what's necessary is to be able to get some help and support from individuals that can allow these embedded traumas to be released. When we're traumatized, especially as a child, we freeze the trauma in the cells. And so as we age, that particular problem accumulates. We obviously, as adults, confront many, many stresses in life. And so that compounds day after day. We begin to run on a continuous stream of adrenaline. There's no opportunity for the body to produce dopamine. And so the habits of running on full steam ahead have to be shifted. What I know about interviews with thousands of people with Parkinson's symptoms is that this particular group of remarkable individuals are the movers and shakers of the world. They make things happen. And one of the reasons is because they are basically pushing ahead. They're forging with whatever agendas that they have in mind. They make things happen. 
Now, that creates a kind of an energy that is always pumping out these hormones that are not sympathetic and conducive to those hormones that settle us down and put us into that chill out state. So that has to be balanced. We have to lead a more balanced life of being able to receive, of being able to chill out, as well as being able to forge ahead. Now, speaking for myself personally, I'm one of those forge ahead kind of individuals, so I would have to begin to do some soul searching with, wait a minute, I can't live my life 24 hours a day on full steam ahead. I've got to be able to pull back. I've got to be able to have some joy and relaxation and fun in my life. I've got to ask myself, what is it that gives me the greatest joy and pursue that? Wow. You know that, that, wow, that's clear. I understand. And um, I have kind of broken my Parkinson's life down into four stages and the first was uh, changing my mindset the second is exercise and there are several good ones the third is body awareness which can come many ways but I like yoga but the fourth one you just hit just now and that is I think people with Parkinson's need to also give of themselves they because we're, we're when we have Parkinson's we're such a receiving mode of being and there's nothing more gratifying than giving and so uh, you know even if it's just a little thing of just doing something kind for your neighbor or something but but feel the satisfaction of reaching out and giving I know that that is making a difference in my life because I got a calling you do too and you are certainly giving back now Chris yep yep well, I'm, I'm going to sign off, but I'm going to sign off with this. I want to publicly thank you in front of all the people who hear this. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for your knowledge, your wisdom, your perseverance, your willingness to be outside of the box, and, the, and to take financial strain in the process of doing that. You have done wonderful work for many people, and you will continue to do so. And even after you die, you have all those recordings, and I presume that they're going to continue to do your work after you're passed. So it's an honor knowing you. Thank you for this time, and I know we'll talk soon. Thank you, Chris. It's an honor and a privilege, and you certainly warm my heart today. Good deal.